Hare Krishna devotees, Dandavat Pranam, all glories to Srila Prabhupada and Guru Maharaj. Today we are so fortunate to have Her Grace Jai mm. Shri Mataji from New Vrindavan, West Virginia. Today Mataji will enlighten us on Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 5, uh, Chapter 8, Verse 16. Hare Krishna Mataji, Dandavat Pranam, please take over the call. Okay, good morning everyone, can you hear me? Yes, Mataji. Okay, thank you. It's nice to be back with you all. I have not been so well, so I haven't been able to do a lot. But uh, hoping to get better. All right, so um, we'll start with Jai Ranamadava. Namadri Dam Kijai, Gangamaya Kijai, Jamuna Maya Kijai, 
Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Srimati Tulsi Devi Ki Jai, Samaveda Bhakta Rindi Ki Jai. All glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to the assembled devotees, all glories to Sri Guru and Sri Guranga, all glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So we are reading from the beautiful Srimad Bhagavatam. And that is Canto 5, Chapter 8, Text Number 16. Would someone please do the Sanskrit? Yes, Mataji. Uh, today verse, it's a prose actually. Api bat save krapan en balago mrat harini suto ho mamana rasya shat kirat mater krat sukratasya krat vishrambh atma prayatnen tada viganayan sujan iva gamishyati Hare Krishna Mataji Thank you very much So the synonyms Api indeed Ata alas Sa the calf Vai certainly Kripana aggrieved Ena balaka the dear child, Richa Harini Sutaha, the calf of the dead doe, Aho O, Mamam of me, Anarishyasa, the most ill behaved, Sata, of a cheater, Kirata, or of an uncivilized aborigine, Ate, whose mind is that? Akrita Sukritvasa, who has no pious activities. Krita Vishram, putting all faith, Atma Prayatyena, by assuming me to be like himself. Tata, I mean, sorry, Tat Abhiganayan, without thinking of all of these things. Sujana Divya. Like a perfect gentle person, Agas, Agam Isyati, will he again return? Translation. Bharat Maharaj would think, Alas, the deer is now helpless. I am now very unfortunate, and my mind is like a cunning hunter for it is always filled with cheating propensities and cruelty. The deer has put his faith in me, just as a good man who has a nature, natural interest in good behavior forgets the misbehavior of a cunning friend and puts his faith in him. Although I have proved faithless, will this deer return and place in his faith in me? Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Bharat Maharaj was very noble and exalted, and therefore, when the deer was absent from him, he thought himself unworthy to give it protection. Due to his attachment for the animal, he thought 
that the animal was as noble and exalted as he himself was. According to the logic of Atmavan Manyate Jagat, everyone thinks of others according to his own position. Therefore, Maharaj Bharat felt that the, dead, <clears throat> that the deer had left him due to his negligence, and that due to the animal's noble heart, it would again return. So, Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasaya Bhutale Shimati Bhakti Vedanta Swamini Tinamani Namaste Sarasati Devi Gorbani Pacharinami Visheshas and Yubari Vashachati Shatarini Om Ayana Timirandasya Gananjana Salakaya Chaksuran Militam Yena Tasmai Sri Yugurave Namaha we are born in the darkness of ignorance, but our spiritual masters are kindly opening our eyes with the torchlight of knowledge. So we offer our most humble obeisances unto the lotus feet of such spiritual masters. So we know the Srimad Bhagavatam is such an elevated spiritual literature and there's so many lessons and so many ways to elevate our consciousness and the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam there are many beautiful prayers um, by regular attendance in the Bhagavatam class and by rendering service to the pure devotee all that is inauspicious within the heart becomes destroyed, almost to nil. And thus loving service to the personality of Godhead, who is praised with transcendental songs, comes into being an, irrevo an irrevocable fact. So this is our position. We are trying to make progress in our spiritual life. And so some, by some good fortune we've come across this movement and the great souls of the past and the great souls of the present. And Krishna has given us an opportunity to make spiritual advancement, even to make perfection of our life and go back home, back to Godhead. So we see that Maharaj Bharat, because you've read recently, his history and how he came to this particular situation. And we see that he was the great son of Rishabdev, who was a great king. Not only a great king, he was a great devotee, Rishabdev. And he had, I believe, a hundred sons. And of all of those sons, he put Bharat Maharaj as the king. And he asked all of his other sons, to look up to him and to follow him in Rishabdev's absence. So Maharaj Bharat was just such a great king. Prabhupada mentions in different places that, the, that India, and I believe he says the planet, was named after him, Bharat Varsha. So Bharat was just magnanimous. He worshipped Lord Krishna in 
so many great ways with his opulence, with his dedication. He took care of the citizens. He did so many great things. And then he renounced at a young age and went to the forest to perfect and finish his Krishna consciousness. But what happened? Just somehow or other, his, his direction and his determination became misdirected. So there's a lot of different stories of, or different angles of vision about this particular story. And I've actually been listening to a number of classes by different personalities in our movement. I listened to Radha Swami, uh, Vaisheshika Prabhu. So, so we know, like the Bhagavad Gita says, that in this endeavor of spiritual life, there's no loss or diminution. And the smallest advancement saves one from the greatest fear, which is falling back into the animal kingdom. And we see that Bharat Bar, Maharaj goes on and somehow or other he does end up in a deer body. But it's not ordinary. So to lose the human form of life is a great loss. But somehow or other Bharat Maharaj when he was misdirected by his own doing. He ended up taking birth as a deer, but he had Krishna's mercy. So, somehow or other, this was Krishna's arrangement. He went to the forest, he gave up everything, was totally absorbed in worshiping the Lord. He was actually performing his duties. He was he was in the forest. He wasn't offering opulent things anymore. He was just offering whatever fruits and flowers and leaves that he could find. And he lived quite austerely. But uh, somehow or other, he took birth as an animal. And Prabhupada says in one purport, of course, that was by Krishna's arrangement. He said Krishna knew he was sincere and Krishna wanted to help him. That he was an advanced devotee, but somehow or other he made the choice to put the dear service over his service. So, uh, here we are in our, in our spiritual endeavor. And most of us are not endeavoring as strictly as Bharat Maharaj was doing in the forest. But uh, I, to me, the story gives us a good warning that uh, we need to be careful not to change our direction and put other material attractions and affections in front of our spiritual life. So there was a story um, 
that I was listening to with Indra Dumna Swami, and he was talking about, I believe it was Lokanath Goswami and Nartam Dasdak, or, but I didn't have time to go back and find out. Anyway, it was two personalities like this, two very great exalted personalities, and they were chanting Japa, and they were very absorbed. And Lokanath Maharaj, or the, the, the spiritual master, he was chanting, and this pilgrim came up to him who was very thirsty, and he begged for water. And the spiritual master didn't even acknowledge him. He was just absorbed in his chanting. And then he went to the disciple, and he, who was also absorbed, but he, and he begged, I'm so thirsty, can you please give me water? And that disciple, who I believe was Nartam Dasakur, stopped his chanting and went and got the pilgrim, uh, the pilgrim water. So later, the spiritual master mildly chastised the disciple. You're chanting the holy name of Krishna, which is non-different than Krishna. It should never be interrupted to do a mundane act of goodness. So we see in Bharat Maharaj's case, he's gone to the forest, he's been very focused, and all of a sudden, his focus switches to, and, and in, in one of the purports, Prabhupada says he knowingly set aside his devotional activities to get into this activity of taking care of the deer. And he got very absorbed in that. And we see that he's, he's, he's got the spiritual sentiment still because of who he is. So he's treating the deer with humility. Oh, he's, he's just as advanced as I am. Will he return? Have I been bad to him? You know, he's thinking all about this poor deer. But he's getting more and more absorbed. So another lecture I was listening to, Radnath Maharaj was saying that just to increase his determination to perfect his life without any impediment, Krishna blessed him when he became a deer. That he could remember everything of his past life. And he realized that, that he himself had given up all of his uh, strict spiritual adherence, even though he was actually close to perfection, he got distracted. And then he wasted so much of his time up until the end of his life. And then, of course, we'll hear how he actually becomes very fixed up as a deer because Krishna gave him that ability to remember the mistake he had made, right? And we know that what we think of at the time of quitting our body, to that will attain. And we also know that because of our spiritual advancement, we're developing a certain consciousness. And uh, that will 
if we take birth again, that will attract us to the path of devotional service again. Right? That's our that's our good fortune. We've started and Prabhupada was always mentioning, don't waste time. Chant Hare Krishna, don't waste time. Because we only have so much time in this body. And we don't know. So many people are leaving their body now, especially a lot of the older devotees. It's like almost every day someone that I know has uh, departed. No, it's like time has gone very fast. We're in our 60s, 70s, 80s, the old, you know, Prabhupada disciple type of devotees. And uh, I'll tell you, honestly, it goes quite fast. So we want to be focused. It's like the tightrope walker across um, Niagara Falls. He only makes it to the other side because he's only focused on one point. He's not looking at the falls. He's not looking at the rope. He's not thinking about a million things. He's only focused on the other side of that rope. And that's how he makes it across. So we want to... I mean, sure, we're conditioned souls. We're going to have so many other attractions and um, affections. It's our, it's our nature. But as much as possible, we want to get focused and remain focused. Now, it's not that we don't want to be sympathetic towards life, right? It's not that Judd Bart was bad by caring about the deer. We hear at the end of the um, story with Yudhisthira and his brothers, Yudhisthira, a dog took up association with him at the end. And uh, he wouldn't leave the dog because he had some responsibility he felt towards the dog. But he was going on. And, of course, the dog was Yamaraj and he did continue on uh, with his journey but um, in Bharat Maharaj's case he kind of gave up his spirituality and turned towards affection and dedication to the deer so that's that's a whole different thing so Prabhupada talks about being on the boat okay so you know you're going this slow or that slow or this fast or that fast the boat's going, just don't get off. So that's what Bharat Maharaj did. He kind of got off the boat temporarily. So we see by Prabhupada's own example that he was sympathetic, very sympathetic toward the sufferings of all living entities. Prabhupada's compassion, and you hear it in his books, he talks about the suffering of the cows, different animals, the trees, the people, they're just suffering and suffering. And um, the society that we're in, Prabhupada called it in one lecture I listened to, killing, a killing society. He said they're simply killing and killing, killing, killing the animals, killing the trees, killing 
the aquatics, killing the people. You know, it's just, it's not a very high quality. But Prabhupada's focus was not on philanthropic endeavors. His focus was on a platform of saving souls so they didn't have to enter again into this atmosphere of material life. It's such a higher platform of compassion and care. I mean, Prabhupada, with the compassion that he had, he could have focused on building hospitals and, you know, like picketing and get us all out picketing to stop the animal killing and, you know, things like that. But that wasn't, that wasn't, not only that wasn't the highest endeavor, that wasn't his service to Krishna. His service to Krishna was such that by focusing on preaching, focusing on giving time and direction to any person who came his way, no matter where they were at, his, in books, in translating, in building temples, in prasadam distribution, this is Prabhupada's compassion and this is Prabhupada's sympathy towards the suffering humanity. He wanted to help them get rid of all their suffering, not just temporarily eliminate the suffering. And now Jad, his compassion turned towards his deer. Poor little deer, I gotta save him. Oh, poor cute little deer, I gotta feed him. Oh, he's just so dependent on me. Okay, it's not that that was a sinful act. But due to lack of association of others, other, other devotees that were focused, and um, a mistake, he put all of his endeavors into the good act of helping this little deer, and uh, he forgot what he was actually there for and his higher purpose. And so he didn't go back to Godhead. So, I mean, many of us are not super advanced personalities and we may not go back to Godhead in this life. I mean, we're certainly on the path and we're certainly making great advancement. But... You know, it may take some lifetimes, but that's okay. We're, we're guaranteed a, a direction and a human birth. And, uh, you know, Krishna's, Krishna's got his eye on us. He's helping us. So Prabhupada's direction to us was always, <clears throat> and we have it easy. He was out in the middle of nowhere. With no association, no temple, no, you know, it was just him and his mind and his dedication. That was all he had. So it was easier for him to divert his attention. But we're given a whole world of Krishna consciousness, right? We're given direction, we have deities, we have friends that are devotees. We have temples, we have projects, we have spiritual masters that are
as much as we are able to connect with them and they are able to connect with us. Um, if not, we have YouTube and we have uh, Mayapur TV and we have so many ways where we can constantly, in our spare time, be hearing. Sure, we have responsibility. Bharat Maharaj did his responsibility. He took care of his family. He took care of the kingdom. He was very responsible. But when he reached a certain point, he did dedicate himself intentionally to finishing off. So in our path, we have to decide when that time will be and, you know, make endeavors to ease out of our material obligations as things allow and get more into our spiritual, especially as we get older. I'll tell you honestly, getting old is not fun. <laughs> you know, you may have, I've had great health for so many years and all of a sudden my health is like very unusual. My blood pressure is going here, there, and everywhere, my adrenals, my ability. You know, I'm not even dressing Radha Ranava and Chandra on Mondays. I just can't get up that early and with ability. And it's not so much due to old age as to due to some kind of, I don't want to say disease, but something with my body. So uh, we want to take as much time as we can while we have it. You know, while we have the health, while we have the facility. We don't want to do what Bart did. We don't want to willingly and knowingly give up our focus, our spiritual focus for any other thing. Sometimes I've seen in our movement, we see people, they are older, they've been married, they have children, and somehow or other, either they're not with the wife or the husband, somehow or other, and then at like 50, 60, they decide to get married again. It's like, of course everyone wants companionship. Of course everyone wants that association, that perfect spouse, that perfect situation that maybe they didn't get the first time around. But considering the old age factor, you know, developing relationships and raising children and doing business takes a lot of time. And we want to be careful not to start something in our older days that should have been started just in the younger days. And uh, anyway, I've seen it a number of times. And it's probably, I mean, not that it's condemnable. It's just not smart. You know, it's just not the best way for a spiritual focus. 
But, you know, often people get in that situation and they're going on with their spiritual life. It's just, it's probably not the best way to go on. So I was uh, just speaking about sympathetic towards suffering and uh, the difference between someone's mundane sympathy and someone's spiritual sympathy. Yesterday was Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj's appearance day. No, Monday, I'm sorry, Monday. And um, I was listening to a story that was, to me, very fascinating. Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj had a disciple that had been with him for many, many years. And um, the disciple was sick and dying. And he was in the mat, he was in the ashram, and he he asked Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj, Maharaj, I'm I'm dying. I'm the only son. Please I want to go see my mother. And he said, No, you can't go. And the 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 disciple that was dying was like a little bewildered. It's like and, he, you know, he really was kind of pushing. I want to go see my mother. I'm dying. And Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj was very firm with him. No. You stay and you die in the mud. And um, uh, apparently that devotee got, you know, was getting, was quite upset with the situation. And he was lamenting, you know, that he couldn't be with his mother and, how she's going to feel and all this and finally right near the end when it was obvious this man was going to die Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj said take him take him out of here take him to his mother's and the man said no no I don't want to go and Bhakti Siddhanta insisted they said take him and they, the disciples did. They took him. They took him on a train to go to his mother's. And on the train, the man died. And the other devotees, the other disciples, were just like, "Oh my God! How? How is this? How, you know, how is? How could it be so unkind to kick him out of the moth when he's dying? We know he's dying." And they asked Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj. And Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj said, yes, while he was in the mat, he was actually with his mother. His consciousness was absorbed in his mother. But when I took him out of the mat, knowing he was going to die, his consciousness was always absorbed in the mat and Krishna. And he died in that consciousness. And it's like, wow, that is just really amazing. Just amazing. I mean, we, we feel that we're Krishna conscious. We're trying to think of Krishna all the time. But we're still in such a cloud of maya that we really can't see. And sometimes the instructions of the spiritual master could could be seem very strict and very difficult or unfair or too much. But we're 
it's because our head is in a cloud. And there, I actually, I was listening, I was reading last night uh, Shamasindar's third book about him with Prabhupada flying over, going on their way somewhere. And he was saying, they were above the clouds. And Prabhupada said, just see, we are in the sun. And all those people below, they are in the cloud and in the darkness. And and it's, I mean, Prabhupada had a reason for saying that. The, the pure devotee, he's, he's in the sun. He can see what's best for us. And we're in the cloud, really not seeing, we're in the fog, not really seeing what's best for us. So the story of Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj was just so uplifting to me and get, give such an interesting perspective of the ability of a pure devotee. You know, Prabhupada was very black and white with his disciples. It wasn't, oh yes, go do this, go have fun, and chant Hare Krishna too. He was just very strict, you know, about chanting 16 rounds, following the regulator principles, attending the programs. What is that one paper Prabhupada wrote? I don't think I have it with me. And my disciples, you know, it's in his own handwriting. Give me one second. I think I have it. You know, that, that his disciples must follow all the principles, attend the morning and evening program, chant 16 rounds, not be addicted to any... Uh, vices, any bad habits. You know, he was, and it was for the good of the disciple. You know, if you don't take the medicine, you're not going to get better. If you're suffering like a dog in this world, which lately I have been, <laughs> for sure, um, you're not going to get out of it by a, by a bandage by, you know, going to a movie, having fun, uh, uh, whatever. It's not going to cure the, the disease. So Prabhupada was trying to cure the disease. The, the austerities that the devotees went through that f first were with Prabhupada was amazing. You know, but because of Prabhupada's spiritual potency and association. It was like easy. You know, so if we can find a way to connect with that spiritual potency, that association of more advanced devotees, the activities that help us advance, and at the same time develop the higher qualities of humility and compassion and lack of <coughs> excuse me, lack of pride. You know, it's like if we 
make that advancement and at the same time cultivate pride and arrogance and thinking we're better than everyone else. And we've defeated, we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot. We've defeated what we're trying to do. So the prayers of Lord Chaitanya are so significant about humility and tolerance and respect for others. We don't really know who these people are that are coming into the movement now. We may have been around for 50 years, but we this may be our first time in a human birth having that good fortune to have that connection, or maybe we've had a few births, but we may not be very advanced. And the, the person walking in the door, I mean, just think of when Prabhupada was first around. He was a householder. He was doing business. He wasn't living in the moth. He wasn't initiated for, I think it was 10 years from the time he met Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj. And I'm sure people in that had been with Bhaktisiddhanta for years and were in the ashram could have certainly thought, oh, I've been around so much longer than him, or I've been a sannyasi, or I've been this, or I've done that, and I've lived with Bhaktisiddhanta Maharaj. He's my guru. And this fellow's just coming, and he's just a businessman. But was that really the fact? No, Prabhupada was a very advanced personality. And look what he did. He went on and uh, spread Krishna consciousness in his humility. So we don't know who we're dealing with, so we want to be careful. We want to be careful. And it's easy to let our spiritual position, whether it's being an older devotee, being a disciple of this person or that, or being a temple authority, you know, it's easy for those things to start a fire of pride and just a mistake, mistaken identity, because we're really not advanced personalities if we think like that. Someone who's actually advanced doesn't think like that. So it's like Prabhupada says, you have to, if you're buying gold, you have to know what is gold. Otherwise, you're cheated. So the more we hear from these advanced personalities, we read their literatures, we follow their instructions, Rupa Goswami, Sanatana Goswami, all these personalities, you know, then we, we're nourishing our strength, our spiritual strength. I had written something down about Sanatana Goswami that I thought was kind of cool. All right, one second here. Oh, here it is. Okay. If you are absorbed... Oh, if you observe Srila Prabhupada's life, he was always absorbed in Krishna consciousness. Right? But what we know of Prabhupada's life... I mean, we're so used to hearing about Prabhupada. 
it's like, oh yeah, Prabhupada, okay, yeah, Prabhupada, he's, yeah, okay, he did this. But if you actually look at his life, he was so fixed in his service, 24-7 Prabhupada was fixed in his service. He was always chanting, he was always preaching. You hardly, I mean, one note of Shama Sinder said he doesn't remember ever seeing Prabhupada really sleep. You know, it's like we're, we're sleeping six, eight hours. And, and Prabhupada, what a different personality. He never was in, you know, low-class talks, gossiping, wasting time. You just don't associate Prabhupada with any of those things. He was always preaching, teaching. He was writing. He was organizing. He was inspiring people. Even when he was alone, he was trying to distribute his books, trying to find a way to preach. You know, it's, there he is alone in New York City with no money. Who could do that? Who could do that unless they were totally fixed? So, um, Bart Maharaj, he'd forgotten to be absorbed in his service. He gave up his absorption in Krishna and he became absorbed in the deer. And then he got to the point where the deer became everything to him. He unnecessarily was concerned with the life of the deer. And he was so concerned that he neglected, totally neglected his Krishna consciousness absorption. And I was thinking that the story of Sanat Goswami, Indra Swami, he's got the beautiful classes on the six Goswamis, on, on uh, YouTube and uh, Vrindavan and Arissa now he's the different deities of Vrindavan the different temples the great souls of the past different Goswamis and he was talking about Sanan Goswami okay Sanan Goswami got uh, Madan Mohan or Madan Gopal Madan Mohan deity and he treated him very simply Right? Here's a great soul, Sanan Goswami. He's come to the association of Lord Chaitanya. And Lord Chaitanya tells him to excavate Vrindavan and uh, for them to find the deities, the original deities of Vrindavan. So Sanan Goswami's deity was Madan Mohan. And he found Madan Mohan. And he started serving them. <coughs> but here's Sanan Goswami with an instruction of the personality of Lord Chaitanya, who he knows is Krishna. And he's got certain instruction. And then he's got this deity. So he's trying to serve his deity, but he's not like going out of his way to serve this deity. He's got the deity, I believe, hanging in the tree. He's, sir, he's giving him um, like those balls made of wheat, flour, and water that are thrown into the fire. And 
no salt. And the deity starts complaining. You know, at least, at least she could give me a little salt. But Sanat Goswami was so absorbed in his service to Lord Chaitanya that even for his deity, he was saying, if I, if I spend my days begging for nice foodstuffs for you and preparing nice foodstuffs, when will I have time to serve Lord Chaitanya? I just thought that was so so wonderful that he's serving Krishna and not even like I mean of course because of who he is it's a first class way but <laughs> and then the deity is complaining what to speak of giving up the direct service to be absorbed in something that's totally mundane so I thought it was interesting that Sanan Goswami had didn't want to deviate his direct service to Lord Chaitanya even for his deity. But then he tell he tells his deity, you know, if you want salt, you make your own arrangement. And so that's what happened, you know. The boat came and it was full of salt and the boatman got stuck in the sand. These pastimes are so deep and so beautiful and so so much fun to read and so instructive. And we need them. You know, we really need to make that advancement. The world that we're in is just so distressing. You know, when people's entertainment is watching for hours the distress of others, which is what we see in so many of the movies that you see around. And it's like you have to wonder what is the consciousness of the people that they can find that entertaining. So, here we are. Jed Bart, he's there. He's lamenting the deer is not in front of him and he's wondering what to do. Is he going to come back? Have I offended him? So we can, we can watch for these telltale signs in our own life with our friends and with... Uh, it's hard though. We're, we're kind of stuck in the mire of the mind and uh, I had an incident the other night and of course I'm not well so it didn't help someone called me like right before I was going to go to bed and they were very angry at me I had said something to someone that they felt I shouldn't have said and it was like I couldn't understand what I had done wrong because it wasn't like anything Anyway, it was something to help this person. It was, I was totally bewildered. But it upset me so much that like the whole night, I was like Jed Bart, just thinking oh, about this friend of mine who was angry at me and, you know, what did I do wrong? And, you know, it's like our, our minds are 
pretty much in the muck of ignorance and passion that we it's a, it's a good lesson though because we see oh we're not so advanced oh we can't control this oh you know we don't know what to do and what not to do so uh, yeah we don't want to fool ourselves into thinking we're so advanced because if we're not then we will end up wasting time thinking we're so much better than we are so much more advanced in such a a better position and then it's easy to become lax and not you know when you realize how fallen you are and how unkrishna conscious you are and how your rounds are really not done with much attention and absorption that those things are helpful and poor Judd, he, at this point, if someone would have come along, if he had been in the Association of Devotees and someone would kind of come along and said, hey, what are you talking about? The deer's okay. You should, you know, get back to your chanting. And, and did you channel your rounds today? <laughs> you know, they, he would have been in a better situation. But as we go on in the story, we see how Krishna is so merciful and how he handles Jadbart and the future life that he takes and how it leads to his perfection. Okay, he made a mistake. So we feel that there's some hope for us, right? We don't know how far we're going to get in this life. And we may take birth again. We may take birth several times. But that's our good fortune. We know that Krishna is going to look out for us. When Prabhupada wrote to me in my initiation, he said, You should be very serious always. And it's easy to. I don't want to say forget that, but it's easy to get diverted into a million other things. It really, um, it really is. So, as Yuvala Kishore from Farmington Hills would say, I'm preaching to myself. I need to become more fixed in my service. I feel I've done a lot in this life. I've tried. I've gone forward. I've been. You know, I'm still here, but, you know, I know that I I could have been more absorbed, and I have wasted time. And like Radhanath Maharaj says in one of his lectures, that time is something you can never get back. You know, here I am going, I'm going to be, I think, 74 this year. I can't go back. Okay, I wasted so many hours doing this or doing that um, and they're not bad things but they weren't maybe the most Krishna conscious things and that time that I wasted it's like okay am I going to die tomorrow or am I going to die next week you know it's like death is kind of coming up into my purview although it's always there when you get old it's like okay my body's starting to get weak in every way. 
my organs are getting weak, my mind is getting weaker, my memory is getting weaker, you know, all these different things. Uh, so the end is a lot more apparent <laughs> when you get older. All right, so we'll see what happens in the adventures of Bharat Maharaj and how he continues in his march towards the personality of Godhead. So I think I'll end there. And I don't know, if I guess you're all still with me. If anyone has any questions or comments or corrections or additions, please go ahead. Hare Krishna Mataji, thank you so much for your wonderful class Mataji. Uh, I request all the devotees, if they have any question, please go ahead and ask. Hare Krishna Mataji, this is a very nice class. Very nice class. I appreciate that. Hare Krishna. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, it's an it's a it's a good meditation to give class. It really um, it really helps you focus because you have to think about what you're going to say and you have to get absorbed basically. It's a good way to get absorbed. Hare Krishna Mataji I like the part you always Mataji bring the Slipropak's pastime, his determination and he did what he thought. That's so wonderful to hear Mataji. You know, it's it just just like Krishna took Jadbharat from a situation. He wasn't so focused, and then he was focused on a deer, so he took birth as a deer. But Krishna was so kind, he gave him the remembrance. And then living the life of a deer, he was just only absorbed in thinking of Krishna, being where the people were talking about Krishna. He became very serious. So I feel in my own life, I mean, I had a wonderful family. I had, I lived in a, not wealthy, but certainly not poor family in Hawaii overlooking the ocean, you know, nice family, nice car, nice life. But at a certain point, Krishna just inspired me from within to look for God. And it took me on this adventure. And as I was going that way, I gave up all of my bad habits, stopped eating meat, stopped taking any intoxication. It was like one after another, one after another, and I became well-situated. And then I met Srila Prabhupada. And it, the, the way it all happened was like, okay, so obviously I had some spiritual connection in my last life. Krishna gave me a peaceful life and then a way to go on and pick up where I had left off. And to have that opportunity to personally 
have that connection with Srila Prabhupada. And I could have taken more advantage of it, but I somehow or other didn't know how, I guess. If it happened, I've told this story before, and it's a lesson for me. There's Prabhupada was in Hawaii. He was on the Vyasasana. He was passing out cookies, and everyone was in front of him getting cookies. I was in the back on the side, and I didn't come forward to get cookies. And Prabhupada stopped giving out cookies. Everyone parted in the middle so he could walk. And he, he sat there and he picked up one cookie and he held it. And I know it was for me, but I just, I hesitated and hes I didn't come forward. I didn't assert myself. Okay, Krishna, I want that cookie at Krishna. Okay, Prabhupada, here I am. I didn't do that. And, and after a few seconds, Prabhupada put the cookie down, got up and walked out. And then, of course, I went over and picked the cookie up and ate it. But it's like, I didn't assert myself. So if I had asserted myself like some of these people did, I might have gotten more personal association with Srila Prabhupada. I might have been able to do more. I might have had that connection before. You know, it just... But to have that... To have Krishna put you in that place where you know you've been before and you know this person you know they're the one you're looking for that you can see it's like having that experience it was Krishna's showing us that that's what he's doing with us you know he's moving us along in our spiritual quest so it, 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 it's it gives you enthusiasm to go forward and do more and serve more and be more dedicated, be more focused. You know, we don't we want to be like Jed Bart when he took birth as a deer. He didn't let anything get in his way. And then when he took birth I don't mean Jed Bart, Maharaj Bart. And then he took birth as a deer. And then he became Jed Bart. And then he didn't let anything get in his way. He pretended to be dumb stupid, he didn't want to do anything that contangled him in this, his material life. So, you know, we have our opportunity. Anyone else? Are you 